The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth you're gonna have. According to the Book of Claus, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. Now, all bets are off. Santa? Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast. My name is John. I have stolen the reins of this sleigh from Christopher <laughs> to take you to Halloween Town, except not Halloween Town, because we went there last year, and it wasn't that good. We're going somewhere different this year. We'll talk about that later, but joining me, as always, when it's a John episode, is my co-host Brian. Hey! And my other co-host Chris. Hey John, what season is it? is halloween time spooky nope. season baby nope nope canonically it is spoopy spoopy season spoopy it if, is always spoopy if, season if we're if we're going off of last year's episode it's, it's fucking has it really been a year since we covered nightmare before christmas <laughs> we covered it's a it's I mean, been a year since we made all the polyamorous people mad <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i remember that i had people outside my house there's i saw a tiktok that i think correctly stated what everyone should feel about polyamory was that it's a something developed by a conservatives that is just released into the wild to make us think having sex isn't cool <laughs> <laughs> what that's that's polyamory, baby. You ever met a cool person into polyamory? I sure as fuck have it. I don't know. I've never. I yeah, maybe. I wasn't sure what that was about for a minute, and now I under. Now I'm lining it all up. Yeah. <laughs> now you're getting it. But you know what has a surprisingly little polyamory in it? <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> Honestly, you know, with with what we were getting in this movie. You don't know what we were gonna. You don't know what we could have ended up with there. I mean, I'll go surprisingly. I think I had a pretty good idea after the first five minutes. Dave Thomas was kind of riding the line there. Yeah, I mean, Dave Thomas was riding the line. Fran Drescher was riding the line. Brett Ratner produced it. Chris Chris Kattan riding the line. <laughs> a movie, a movie so good that it is produced by Brett Ratner and directed by his assistant. <laughs> <sighs> A man who's a man who's if you click on him on Wikipedia, it the first sentence says Brett Ratner's assistant. Yeah, and who has a very, <laughs> very scant IMDB page. Yeah, it is uh I think they gave it they gave it one go and they were like, Yeah, this wasn't it for you. I know like we'll get like more into it like later, but like I legitimately feel like every scene they maybe did three takes. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, well, I think we're being a little too hard on the, the director. Maybe he went through the process and thought, it's not for me. <laughs> That's fair. If I had to work with the kid who played Nick, I would have been like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> fuck these two kids specifically. They're garbage. But anyways, we watched 2005 sort of weirdly cult classic. When you look it up on the internet, Santa's Slay. Starring 
Bill Goldberg, a man who mostly is known for headbutting walls and <laughs> having a cool song to chant to. What is he? A meth head white supremacist? He's actually Jewish. <laughs> apparently, so no. apparently, surprisingly, a lot of people involved in this production were Jewish. Right? That is an inexplicable Jewish deli in a small town that is in either in Michigan or Canada. We're unsure of which. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> oh, God. The most fun fact about this movie, Bill Goldberg met his wife during the making of this movie. Would you <laughs> like to wife? guess would you like to guess which uh, character? No, hold on, I, hold on. I already know, so I will let Brian guess, because I also thought that was in a movie that was trying very hard to be funny at times, that was the funniest part of this movie that Bill Goldberg met his wife in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> my, okay, I'm gonna give you two answers. My joke answer is Fran Drescher. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> that would really no. be that would be very funny, actually. Uh, my real answer is the um, the lady at the flight desk in the airport. In the no, end. it is Not the guess, stripper. Though. It is the stripper who <laughs> whose vagina he rides to murder people. I didn't. I didn't want to guess the stripper. Yeah, it was the stripper whose vagina <laughs> he rides with his face to murder. That felt people. like a trap. <laughs> I felt like if I guessed stripper. I would have gotten canceled. You can, see her, you can see that stripper on Monday Night Raw all the time. She's always in the crowd. Bill Goldberg's wife. Bill Goldberg's wife. Always there with it with their kid. Uh, <laughs> another thing I read on IMDb uh, that in a weird, just the weird twist of fate of, uh, you know, maybe these two are destined to be together. Apparently she took a role in that movie uh, because she thought Jeff Goldblum was going to be in it <laughs> and confused Jeff Goldblum and Bill Goldberg. Oh my! Fu- I like I looked. Re- I, I only found this because I was like looking. I only found out of that because I was looking so hard to figure out how the fuck this movie got made and why it sat in post production for three years. <laughs> I was trying. I only found it because I was trying. You mentioned. I think the last time we talked, you mentioned a sequel, and I was like, "Is there a sequel to this movie?" There's not a sequel. And there's not. They, I could not uh, find I that, one. I really that was the first was. thing I googled when it was over. Well, as well, you should have. Which we can, we can get into a plot summary if you guys want and see how it sets up a sequel, both artistic, artistically, and just just an our auteur of a movie. Frankly, the fir- the first thing I googled was runtime. Because I knew it'd be rough. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of it. The runtime, not a lot. No, no, it was small blessings. Yeah, small blessings. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, I put as much effort into the summary as the people involved in making the movie did in making it. So that took like five minutes, and I'm probably going to skip stuff, but you know, there's not a lot to skip. There's not a lot to skip. I no. can't imagine you skipping anything <laughs> that is important because very little is in this movie. Although it does, the mythology of the film does get needlessly complicated. Like <laughs> it's truly, an, truly an incredible set of mythology. I completely skipped most of it, other than magic curling. Okay. Oof. Was it magic curling though, or was it just curling with magic people? You know, that's up to the people to decide. <laughs> Our film begins with a family of James Kahn and an incestuous Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan having a nice family Christmas where everyone hates everyone before being murdered by a holiday-themed Bill Goldberg. We are then introduced to Hell, Michigan's legally distinct, possibly Canadian cousin, with Nick and Mary working in a Jewish deli with a deus ex machina machine who is Don from Frasier. 
Santa does some slaying and then has a chase like the worst version of a T-1000 before we learn how Christmas was only made jolly by an angelic curling fight. Because Santa is an anagram for Satan, of course. We get more deus ex machina until the Second Amendment saves the day. Or does it? Because Santa is in Winnipeg Airport. And there you go. That's Santa's sleigh. That's Santa's sleigh. So I guess the most important question is... What the fuck? Yeah, I get what the fuck is a good one to start with, but... I was just scrolling through my notes to see how many times I had written that down, and it was at least three, (laughs) and it probably should have been more. I guess the most important question I have to ask you guys is, did a single joke land for you? That is a good question. I will say, I don't know if it's really a joke, but the one thing where I was like, oh, that's kind of clever, was when he is killing the people in the strip club, and he has the stripper pole that he has turned into a bow staff after disinfecting it, which is yes. very important. Which is, which is which, actually a very funny which, bit. Not uh, a bad, not a bad bit. That's, no, that's pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah. It's because the oil, the oil would make it slippery to grip. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then when he looked, like, you think he's going to stab the guy with it, but then, no, he kicks it up into a light to electrocute the guy to death. That was a good bit. Mm-hmm. That was a good kill. Oh, wait, hold on. I just, I just found... Uh, I just found my note that said best bit question mark. And it was uh, when uh, Santa is nice to the valet, but then killed like, I just thought that was funny for a guy who has like literally killed everyone he encounters. The fact that he just like tosses the valet, the reins to his sled and the valet is kind of like, uh, okay, I'll see what I do here. Now. I think that bit was ruined a little bit when we find out that the, the murder Buffalo ate him later. Yeah. Um, but at the time. It had to establish that the buffalo could kill to set up that really, really good grandpa got ran over by a reindeer joke. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. the pinnacle of the film. I I, I don't know that. <sighs> I also just got very pissed off that they kept referring to that buffalo as a reindeer, and it's just right? like, it's, it's not. It's a buffalo! <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't see, this is yeah. why I have no idea where hell where hell is. Because, you know, they don't know what a deer looks like. They don't know what a buffalo looks like. You know, they named the town Hell just to set it up. Hell Township. For a very, very, yeah, (laughs) for a very dumb joke. Oh, they did. Near the end. (laughs) Which is, I said I would move to Hell. (laughs) Yeah, like you said you would find me in Hell and back, so I went to Hell to make it easy. And it's like... That's when Grandpa comes back. I, I know I, did, I avoided spoilers in the in my well-written synopsis, but I'm going to give you a little spoiler here. Uh, after Grandpa dies, he comes back because he's an angel who's good at curling. I think Grandpa might be my favorite thing about this whole thing. I don't know why, but he's just got so much charm. He's just, everyone's like doing an impression of a different character from a different movie. And, like, he's like, I'm actually Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) And everyone's like, no, you're not, though. (laughs) You're not very charming. I thought Grandpa was the worst. Oh, really? He has literal fart humor, man. Well. Well, Mary's actually the worst character. I mean. Mary and Nick are the worst, but. I think the, I mean, the main characters are Nick, Nicholas Joseph, which, 
fuck you and Mary also <laughs> fuck you. Like uh, Nicholas, jo- do you mean Nicholas Joseph Joseph Yulson? Yulson, yeah. Oh my god, I just like I'm like, why is the writing in this movie so terrible from start to finish? Uh, I think that arguably we could all agree that the most honest moment uh, was the two deputies hypothesizing when the next kill was gonna it's a giant christmas tree i thought you were gonna say when the two deputies responded to the murder of a jewish man with just severe anti-semitism <laughs> no 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 but not you, that part but <laughs> just not, not touching it probably one anti-semitism's of the wrong one of the worst parts of, one of the worst parts of the movie yeah i say this without without apologizing for it that this movie is very much a product of its time yes like this, it is it's, it's someone saw not another teen movie and was like okay that's the humor that's what the kids no, like this is spike tv going oh well if disney can have original movies so can we and this is a spike tv original movie it felt very much on par with exactly what disney was doing in the late 90s early 2000s only it was crude for dudes because remember you gotta sell ads you gotta sell ads for old spice and coors light f-150s axe body spray after santa's sleigh you're gonna get a marathon of the man show it was like yeah it is a uh i was just like watching this movie and a lot of like the stuff that they were finding here i'm like these are just like i bet you the average voters of a tangerine man would probably find a lot of these jokes really funny and be like, ha, ah, they're fucking saying it. And it's like, which is like unfortunate. Like, I think it's unfortunate because I do think the premise could be kind of like clever, even though it's like a little like overwrought. And like Bill Goldberg is out here, a man so devoid of charisma and so bad at actually wrestling. And he's like out here just like fucking giving it. <laughs> like, act, like by far the best part of the movie is how hard he is trying to be like, I'm getting this shit over. I don't care if nothing I say is funny. I thought he was doing his best impression of Macho Man Randy Savage as Santa. <laughs> He's like not like I mean I mean it sincerely. Like like Bill Goldberg got famous for like just like there's like a certain size that works in wrestling. Like where you're like six three, so you can look like you're put in jeopardy by like a six six guy. And like you but you have to be like big enough where everyone's like, I could like where a little kid looks at you and they're like, I could grow up to be that guy. If I like eat right and eat steaks every day or whatever, it's like, like six one. I would yeah. say that's about six one. Like yeah, like for it's usually for like wrestling that six one to six three territory. Like John Cena to like Bill Goldberg, Brock Lesnar are all kind of in there. So like he like kind of gets famous because he's just when WW when WCW needed a guy that size, they're like him, and then he like never actually learned how to wrestle and just kept fucking hurting people. <laughs> and that was WWE history with John. But it's, like, so he gets famous off that, but he's, like, very famous. So, like, they're, like, we need to do something with this guy. And I, my honest guess of how this movie happened, even though I couldn't find a lot when I half-ass researched, is a lot of the big-name WCW people were signed to Turner contracts, not to contracts for WCW. Oh. So when, when this was, this movie comes out, like, right after, like, a super disastrous WWE run where everyone hates Bill Goldberg because he's not good at his job. And kept injuring people. Uh, he's he does he lo- he like legitimately almost killed Bret Hart just by kicking him in the face for real. 
so like when he's when he's super kicked, don't Chris kick K people in the face, kids. Uh, when he super kicked Chris Kattan through the uh, through the like China cabinet, I was like, <laughs> little in poor taste. <laughs> so like I think they just like wanted to do something with him. Like when Stone Cold Steve Austin retired, and they probably Spike was a Turner property, so I'm sure they're like, oh, I'll fucking make a weird movie with him. This will be fun for everybody. And uh, he tried. He fucking wanted to be The Rock. He wanted this to be a Scorpion King. <laughs> but Nick and Mary were there to be like, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, 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 not today. Well, and I, like, the first thing, one of the earliest notes I wrote was, Bill Goldberg understood the assignment, I think. And yes. I think part of the problem is, is that I'm not sure I understand the assignment because this movie is just, like, so all over the place of, like, not understanding what it wants to be. I think the only person who truly understood what was going on and what they were doing there was James Caan. And was, he understood all he was doing was getting paid. I truly love the idea, and I wish other shithole movies would do it, that have, like, a $4 budget. is just, like, hire famous people who have name recognition but use them for one scene so you only pay them for a day. Oh, look at the last five <laughs> movies with Bruce Willis in it. Well, it's, I mean, to me, that reeks of, like, call in your favors. Like, someone accumulated a lot of favors. Ratner. Ratner. Like Ratner's <laughs> assistant. No, 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 not Ratner. That's where Ratner's assistant comes into play. Well, no, I mean, I think it could have been, it could have been anyone. Like, it's just like, okay, who do you know? who owes you a favor will get them here. And the result was James Caan, Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan. Like it's, um, there's this other Christmas movie that is, it's on Netflix. It's not a Netflix movie, but it's been on Netflix for a while. I've watched part of it, but it's called welcome to Pottersville. Uh, and it stars Michael Shannon and Christina Hendricks Damn. and Tom Lennon and all these other, like, not, like, huge, huge names, but, like, a pretty stacked cast of people where you'd be like, oh, yeah, like, why, like, I know you, I know you, I know you. And I was, the movie has a crazy premise about a man trying to win back his ex-wife uh, because uh, she gets into furries and <laughs> he decides to try and dress up as a furry but gets mistaken for Bigfoot, which draws all this attention to the town during Christmas Anyway, it's a wild premise. We should watch it sometime for this podcast. Yeah, dude. It's got Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. That's who... What yeah. And Ian McShane. Holy what a, shit. A stronger cast, even if used sparingly, than the James Conn, Fran Drescher, Catan triangle. But I was... Michael I, Shannon I was, is an icon. I was reading an article yeah. about this movie, and people were asking Michael Shannon, like, why are you in this movie? And he's like, well, my buddy directed it. And it's like that hat like you know that that's just what happens sometimes like people just like kind of as bad as this movie is like this was this guy's passion project i think and so like people are like okay like you get one favor from me and if this is what you want it to be and he's like yes i'm gonna make it gonna make it work do you think if it came out in a timely fashion it would have helped the movie no where, like, Fran Drescher's Q rating's a little higher. It's, like, right after Night at the Rock. Because, like, it was made in 2002. <sighs> and it comes out in 2005. So, like, maybe those, like, J like the James Conn Fran Drescher scene, like, holds more weight. Because, like, in 2005, and especially in 2021, 
is just confusing as to why Fran Drescher is on your screen. Because, like, I, I understand, like, this is, like, a movie where it calls back to, like, slasher movies after, like, the golden age of slasher movies. Where, like, they're just bad and stupid, but that's kind of the point. Right? We're, like, we're on Halloween 37, and, like, fucking let's see the funniest way we can kill somebody. And it's, like, and usually what you'll have is, like, a person who plays their, like, sitcom character just, like, in that as, like, a little tongue-in-cheek nod, and then they get exploded, and everyone's like, ha! Fucking take that, JTT, or whatever. <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I... Chris Kattan and Rob Schneider are two sides of the same coin to me. Well, where I let's be very careful get... with that because yeah, <laughs> Rob Schneider's politics are horrendous. Uh, he's an anti-vaxer. Uh, he's like hardcore Free trying speech. to trying to cater. No, to hold on a second. I don't. This think is not me. This is not me giving uh, uh, credit to Chris Kattan. I don't like Chris Kattan at all. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a, yeah, well, there's, like, a big Is Chris Kattan an awful person? He's apparently difficult, I think he was difficult to work with, is, like, where, why his career got bad, because he liked to party. Hmm. Uh, to my understanding, is what went on with Chris Kattan. But, uh, in this movie, Chris Kattan used in the worst way you could use an actor. <laughs> so. Yeah. Just... Which is, uh, if you look at IMDb after watching the scene, he, his character shares the same last name. With his movie mom, who you and you were just kind of hoping that he was an in-law, but he isn't. So best case scenario, Fran Drescher got stuck in a dryer. Well, and worst case. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. Well, <laughs> so that that's okay. Have this you is... seen that parody video, by oh. the way? Oh, absolutely. Where this guy... Okay, cool. <laughs> How do I boil water? So I I think this is where the it, the movie first starts to go wrong. Is Santa starts killing bad people immediately. Like he does not kill anyone who's a good person until like the deli owner. It it goes it does go wrong pretty quickly off the bat. It's a very a very abrupt beginning. It it like which is like okay, to a certain degree it's like all right. If you're going to make this kind of movie, like, let's get into it. And so it starts with, like, Santa killing all these people. So, like, you know what you're in for. But we, even the little amount of time we spend with this family before the movie starts, in earnest, before Santa shows up, it's just, like, excruciating. It's like, we get it. These people suck. And they suck so aggressively. It's just... I don't know the production value too. like everything. A lot of this is like very clearly set shot on very cheap sets. What are you talking about? I thought this was an early Dennis Villeneuve film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it went, it Dude's went coming to out, DVD. baby. It yep. went straight to DVD. Do, do you, you guys, know, you're gonna do you guys see you Dune yet, by the way? Yeah. It came out three days ago. Yeah, dude. I went to the theater and I threw cinnamon in everybody's face. Root Duners. Spice. <laughs> Fucking what? rude dooners, dude. Dude. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, it's like, a, and like the, like I said, the worst part of the, the, the worst part is that this movie, like some, like some people tried on it and then they like, like a lot of like, you can hear a lot of like, I forget like the right wording for it, but when they have like people like re-record their lines cause the sound is fucked. Yeah, like there's ADR a sh- or something. Yeah, there's like a shit ton of that in this, 
and like none and like none of it makes the performance good. So this movie like like waits a long time to release, makes it kind of bad, like extra bad, and just like sounds cheap, looks cheap. The only thing that like has money invested on it is Goldberg's Santa costume, which yeah. they strip I- off him halfway through the movie, and that's like. Probably what worked the best for me in the movie was, like, that costume fucking owned with this helmet and shit. And his makeup, like, hair and makeup were pretty good. Yeah. I I will credit that. I mean, he had a good Santa look for the look, you know, the kind of character they were going for in this. It just had a lack of, like, the cheapness of it and the fact that he was just, like, like, not even, like, that villainous. Like, he was, like... A lot of the people he was fucking with, like, if you were making, like, a Saw movie, would have been people that were like, yeah, they should have got fucked with. But it's, like, not that type of movie, because it's, like, he's just an indiscriminate asshole. He's, like, Satan's son. And also, there's, like, so little blood. Very little blood. Um, Like, no blood. (laughs) And it's weird, because there's, like, I was kind of thinking of that, like, as we were watching it. It's, like, it's weird what gore they choose to include. Like, Fran Drescher getting her, like, face burned off was pretty gnarly but like i thought they could have even done more with that because like i don't know that i wanted them to <laughs> personally it was just yeah, like was was, i don't know i didn't i didn't watch it on like a very good screen i'm gonna be real with you but it was just like it was just like her scalp right like yeah because yeah. well, like I mean, the nanny uses ugh. hairspray <laughs> isn't that a bit i no he but he yeah he blew alcohol sh- onto her oh, yeah it was okay. schnapps wasn't it i don't know yeah there there was a moment in this film you know, like to everybody's point, I was saying, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right <laughs> up until the point where that old lady was driving down the road and got ran off the road, because the speed of her car and then the speed of which the bison was going did not equate to the speed of which the car flew off the road and flipped. And at that point, I resided myself and was like, "You know what?" None of this is gonna make sense. Why am I? I'm watching Santa's Lake for Christ's sake. Why am I? Why am I really diving into this? Oh yeah, this movie is nonsense. It has like, it's a, uh, it is all this stuff that like, forty year old white dudes thought was hype as shit in two thousand five. Like, right. Like, this is based on North mythology, vaguely. This was made for the people who thought Andy Milanakis having a beer stand looking like a twelve year old was funny in two thousand and three. But Andy, the Andy Milanaka show was funny. The Andy Milanaka show was funny. <laughs> That's the thing. Just none of the jokes in the like. This is like for people who like were like Dane Cook. This is there's a, there's going to be forty years of Dane Cook as the greatest comedian of our time. Dane Cook will for will never be surpassed. And then it's like. Yeah, like that's who this is for. <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's for years. Like your shitty fucking sixteen-year-old that was watching Spike TV in two thousand five. This I'm not okay. You know, uh, if I say this with love. Uh, this is for your married with children crowd. <laughs> First of all, fuck you. Second <laughs> of all, how dare you? Third of all, how very dare you? This uh, is this is made for the all, guy in that live studio office. This is made. This is made for that guy in the live studio uh, audience yeah. that went, yeah! Yeah, the, the guy who like, was acting like Al Bundy was the uh, the fucking source of truth and justice in the world. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I just I just don't, like, I legitimately, and, like, I like I mean, because, like, this movie is, like, the the person I think it's intended to be a vehicle for is, is the Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And, like, I do not know a person in the world 
who like post two thousand or post nineteen ninety seven was like Bill Goldberg's my shit. Fucking love to go back and watch a Bill Goldberg promo. Can't wait to see his movie career. And it was like so like I don't know I guess I don't know who this movie was for. I do think he did a great job. I think he was a tremendous evil Santa. Uh even when he was in biker costume in the airport. Uh Shatan, as it were. I think I think the problem with this movie is that it's got one joke, which is, wouldn't it be crazy if Santa killed people? And it's like, yeah, that would be crazy. And then all it wants to do is show Santa killing people, but it doesn't even do that in very interesting ways. No, it just tries to do puns. Yeah, or just like, <laughs> or or it's just like, isn't this crazy? Like when he kills the guy with the menorah, like, oh, isn't that nuts? It's like, I guess, like, I don't really <laughs> like need or want to see that done in that and way. The guy was just trying to have normal business hours. And yeah, I will say I did like when it. he did the the spear through the deli, uh, the glass deli counter. I did enjoy that. Oh, there, there's like there's there's clear moments where they had a visual they like realized they could use. Yeah, and they were like that'd be a good visual. Mm-hmm. And like the I don't know like the whole budget goes maybe to that glass. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like the frustrating thing about this movie too, where there is you know we talked briefly about like this there's like kind of a weird dense mythology that they try and incorporate very poorly and it doesn't really work but i disagree they use claymation yeah. and i understood it completely i yeah i liked i liked the claymation <laughs> i think that i do think the premise is dumber than fuck but the, <laughs> right. but the claymation was delightful the claymation was so shitty though it was i don't know it's just like this movie i think could have been a lot better if you had done a lot of different things with it like if you had spent more time on the script ahead of time then or picking it with the right director or yeah i mean but the guy the guy wrote it didn't he he wrote it too like this is yeah his, this was his movie this is yeah this is his his voice I, I bet this is his boys in the hood i bet so he's he's the guy that said okay so you know what's gonna happen when santa kills the guy in the Jewish deli. We're gonna make sure that his star of David reflects on the forehead of, S- of Santa. I don't know much about the man, but I, I'm Chris probably added this, but I think he has like a Jewish last name. <laughs> so. I mean, he's Jew. He's Jewish. Like, yeah, it's very yeah. clear he's Jewish. Yeah. Okay. That just I didn't I didn't know if that was like. He's Jewish. Bill that. Goldberg is Jewish. Like. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just there's so much. I, I guess this movie is just, like, it's trying to be so many things, and I, I wish you could have just, like, taken the sandpaper to all the ideas this guy was trying to cram into this movie and just, like, smoothed out the edges. Because it's, like, it wants to be a horror movie. It wants to be a silly horror movie. It wants to be a Christmas movie. It wants to have all these Christmas references that, like, d- uh, to me, don't really work. Like, the claymation doesn't work. The shoot-your-eye-out line there's like two or three others yeah. that i picked up on i think you guys might have picked up on a few more as well that i'm just like don't do this <laughs> the jokes don't land i view it as like i view the movie as like not a horror movie because it's not scary and the characters don't try to make you feel scared so like if the characters like were responding to the situation with fear then sure but they don't as like a physical comedy it's like like not as like whatever those like it's like scary movie basically yeah it's the christmas version of ready player one 
where its whole plot is resting on the laurels of references to other Christmas movies. I don't know that I really. I don't think that that might have been a little too far. That's but a bit of a yeah. I don't know. It it really is just kind of like the entire plot is trying to get puns out. Yeah, and like the two actors, like the two leads, are like their complete lack of concern. This whole fucking movie, like, really, what ruins it? I think, like, I know this movie. Like, this movie startling has like a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like kind of surprising mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can watch it from start to finish but like you have a dude doing a gary Busey mixed with like a doc brown like <laughs> dude you have like just a lot of like like just like weird weird stuff going on like the characters don't react to any situation like with like any semblance of horror like if it comes someone's coming at you with a zamboni list to your left and you're safe or something yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> like I just think they, like, this movie struggles. I think it was probably just, like, a treatment, and they were just like, ah, we'll fucking figure it out as we go. I've seen Brett do it. Well, I I think part of it... Nope. (laughs) Part of it probably, too, was, like, this guy had, like, a window of time where, like, they're like, we'll give you this money. You have this long to shoot it. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get whoever I can. The script isn't where I want it to be, but whatever. We're just going to go do it. And then, you know, that's where you have all these things that they probably tried to fix in post where they're like, okay, some of this doesn't really work. And then guess what? Still doesn't work. <laughs> I was just looking up the the cast a little bit and uh, the, the lead goes on to the alienist. Yeah. Which, and like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like Emily DeRavin was on Lost and in Brick and like she, you know, had a reasonably successful career following this i mean this is a blip on most people's filmography list you know she's probably the more egregious one i think they're both just i mean they're probably i I think everyone gave everyone probably gave up you can't judge anyone for this yeah i mean i don't think she 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 seemed like the least to have an idea of like what she was doing there i will say like and the script doesn't give her any favors, like, just making her, like, generic, naggy, like... Wh- like She has it, like, w- zero agency and just wants to get kissed. Yeah, and, like, why why won't why won't this girl like me? And, I don't know, it's just very annoying, played-out bullshit, but... <sighs> no blood, not, not a... just a missed opportunity, unless you love Christmas puns. And also, like, Bill Gubbard didn't murder anyone with his lightsaber fucking candy cane. I had no idea what that was. Been I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, where did Cause that... Because he, he was Darth Vader for that second. Because oh, he was... I like Because he away. was... Because he's father... He's your father Christmas. Mm. That's the level of writing we're dealing with. For, yeah, I know, right? That's what the level of writing you're dealing with for this movie. I, d- I did really, I did think maybe the funniest scene was the lack of dignity in which they killed the grandfather. Because <laughs> they just, like, showed him just, like, fucking dead on the ground. <laughs> and it's, like, the only, and then there's, like, and then Bill Ber- Goldberg's gonna crush him like a grape. <laughs> and it was, like, I'm, like, that was Jeez. pretty fucking funny. It was, pretty, it was not intentionally funny, but it was very funny. Also, what should we do with him? Eh, let's just fucking murder him. But, like, also, like, his noble sacrifice cost them time on their escape. 
Because they just, like, uh, stop to watch him get murdered, and then they're like, oh, shit, yeah, get out of the snowmobile. His death <laughs> was very much the equivalent of that scene in Austin Powers where um, they had the steamroller kill the guy, and Austin Powers was yelling <laughs> at him to move. It just took forever, and there were a million other things he could have done. That's like when they were going to get made into people soup by the Zamboni before they were saved by the magical Christian curling disc. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah. It's just like, they're just sitting there going like, ah! You're going like, to fucking die and in I'm five sure given minutes! The, I'm sure given the time frame of the movie, it was like, that'll be, a, that'll be a reference for people who find Austin Power, like, Austin Powers delightful, which is me. <laughs> but, or uh, <laughs> or they can see into the future and realize, oh, the Deadpool fans are really going to like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? So uh, I guess, did any, I want us, so we don't just seem like we're dunking on a movie that's giving us, I, which to its credit is giving us so much to talk about. <laughs> thank you. <sighs> thank you, Burt Ratner. Uh, I just want, like, what was your, uh, what was your Burt favorite part? Ratner. My favorite part was this note I just realized I wrote, which was, this would be better as a Letterkenny episode. Because <laughs> Jared Kiso would kick Santa's ass. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. And I just imagining that scenario of Jared Kiso going up against this version of Santa, I'm like, oh, oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. It was, it was, this was shot in Ontario. Yep. I thought it was so, Alberta. It- Oh, was it? That's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, Winnipeg, right? Yeah. I mean, I, there just isn't much to enjoy. I mean, we've talked about Bill Goldberg. That's, I mean, there's, and again, like, I think with a better director, you could have gotten even more out of him to really make this, like, iconic. Um, but everything about it is just so dumb. All the puns are dumb. The music is dumb. We have a really good stretch of movies. I mean, minus Herbie fully loaded. But we had a really good stretch of stuff we were watching that had really good scores. And this was just garbage. <laughs> yeah, the music was the music was bad. Sound design was bad. Yeah. I, it's probably Bill Goldberg and then, like, getting to see Fran Drescher again. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> For seeing James Caan having a little mustache. Yeah, the mustache was... Did he? Yeah, he had like a little like fucking Marlon Brando mustache. I don't know why he was dressed up like Marlon Brando, but he was. Probably because he said, fuck it, I'm doing whatever I want. Well, so... Nobody could tell James Caan now. <laughs> so this movie came out before Elf. What? No, I mean, sorry, sorry. Elf came out before this movie. When did Elf come out? 2000 and... 13 uh yeah this is well before or 2000 Elf. sorry yeah, 2003 2003 well this movie was elf this movie was, was elf was 2003 this so that this elf came before this movie this movie's production cycle is 2002 to 2005 so that's i really wonder if that so like i wonder if he i don't know i'm trying to think like what's funnier that he like hid this from john favreau uh, after having already shot his scenes for it, or if they shot his scene after, and he was like, okay, well, I really owe this guy a favor. I don't want to be the dad in a Christmas movie again, but at least you're going to kill me off quick. 
<laughs> You're gonna kill me immediately. <laughs> I like to think that he was waiting on the check for this to come through, which is why he ended up doing Elf. He's <laughs> like, I need money. Uh, because that's kind of like you think about there you know and i keep bragging on the paycheck thing you know michael kane was in arguably very well argued the worst jaws movie and um when asked about it he says i've never seen the movie but i've seen the house it bought and it it's very lovely <laughs> no like i am i i cannot express how like legitimately thrilled i am that like james Caan, chris Kattan, and fran drescher got like 10 grand <laughs> to like hang out for a day like that's fucking tight for them and i'm stoked yeah. about that for them that's sick and like good for you dave thomas and saul rubinek saul rubinek who needed to die so everyone else could be allowed to act poorly <laughs> they needed to get that effort off the screen because he was doing he was doing legit he was legitimately trying he was the guy in his own movie to make the ring of reference that i have to make every fucking podcast <laughs> yeah he was yeah. absolutely the guy in his own movie, but uh, I don't know. I think we've kind of like ran out of ran out of stuff here. Other than the, oh, other than how stupid was the? I'm just gonna say it for no reason. Just how stupid was that fucking bazooka? Really dumb. <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. Pretty dumb. Really, really dumb. Then they did it, and then they made fun and of then smoking, all of a sudden which she's is got a good. Dad. She's like, Daddy. She's had a dad because remember he tried to bring them Wolverine. Yeah, because their dad's no, but we never with... saw the dad or the brother. It's just at the end of the dumb movie. It's just like, oh yeah, I've got here. Here are those off-screen people. Yeah, there's like weird conservative notes through this movie too. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so like, I don't know. That's like another thing that really fucking sucks about it. Just this like real like just not even subtle right wing to it <laughs> it's, it, it was on spike tv i suppose i suppose dana, dana white would have never signed a contract with someone who wasn't gonna vote for fucking trump <laughs> so <laughs> fair i know ted turner made cnn but are you guys like oh we don't let ted near this like <laughs> <laughs> We just keep letting him be weird about his wife. <laughs> Please don't come after us, Ted Turner. Yeah, God, no. You have so much more. You have so much more power than me. I will. You know what? If you need to, Ted, I'll talk to you about wrestling for like five hours to prevent the lawsuit. God bless you. I'm sure that's exactly what he was looking for. That, that man keeps putting wrestling on television. That's like his whole thing is he just fucking loves it. Uh, and everyone, like, all of his executives are like, don't do it. And he's like, God damn it, I'm doing it. Doing it again. Uh, right. But, uh, judgments. Is this a, uh, do you want traditional or should I try to come off with some off the top? I think traditional is fine for this all one. All right. So, uh, who wants, who wants to, who wants to start first? I will. I Sir. would like Chris to start. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start because I'm just going to say this is a lump of coal. Do not watch this movie. No one needs to watch this movie. It's not worth your time. My fiance watched it with me. I felt very bad about having her watch it with me. She also did not care for it, understandably. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't watch it. The lumpiest lump of the coldest lump, yeah. the lumpiest coal, however you want to say it. Yeah. 
it's just that a dirty just a dirty dirty coal lump just i i will dirty, say dirty so brian and i were talking about this before we recorded before john hopped on the call but i i would i would honestly put this like towards towards the top of our bottom list of worst things we've ever watched it is better than a christmas carol and that is about it i was honestly like if i had to choose between the two I, I might watch Christmas Carol again. I this. this this gets done much much faster. faster. That is true. It does have <laughs> that going for it. Because like this movie does this movie we didn't meant I don't I don't know can't remember if we mentioned in our pre chat or during it. This movie is an hour and seventeen minutes and and it's and it's got minutes. a lot it's of padding. <laughs> it's got yeah. A lot of it has a ten minute claymation curling scene and in a five minute <laughs> animated credit that seems to go on for three hours. Oh my god! And the airport scene is inexplicably ten minutes. Oh yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah, just that so might have been my favorite scene in the whole movie though. <laughs> just so long. It's like after the joke, even he just like, just they just show him walking around just walking around they 100 percent filmed that at a bus station too oh yeah oh yeah no airport no, no airport looks like that no not even the one in winnipeg nope <laughs> yeah so uh do you want do you want to brian yeah and I, I i might right now this movie's olympic coal if we were still in college and had an annual viewing where we got drunk and made fun of this it might be a pair of socks because then there's the tradition of friends coming together, getting drunk, and then talking about how bad it is. Fair, yeah. And that's the only thing. I can see myself rewatching this with friends and alcohol. I don't know that it succeeds at being a bad movie. That's, like, bad enough to yes. make fun of. I don't think it's bad enough to make fun of. I certainly think there's aspects of it though we would all pile on to i i just i don't know man i don't think i can connect with it it's like lacking the hyper violence to be funny in that regard where it's like there's not like crazy baroque shit to be like like there's no johnny depp getting sucked into a bed and then a fountain of blood like there was no blood budget <laughs> like it's not like I think to have like a movie that's like bad enough to enjoy because it's bad it has to have like really special criteria and like one of them is that like it has to have something go on it where it's like unredeemable like there is no way if like fucking a dream team of like Spielberg <laughs> like Sodenheim and like fucking Tarantino were all like doing the rewrite and redirection that there's like no way the room could have been better Right? Like, there's just not a way the room could have been good. John, you're tearing me apart. There's... I'm sorry, Brian. There's... You're, no! te- you're tearing me apart, John! Um, But, yeah, like, there's no way the room could have been good. But there's, like, a way this could have been, like, passable. Like, the long and short of it is, like, there is a way this could have been, like, a passable project. There's a way this could have, like, worked out to have been, like, something that's, like... You know, like, that that you would have went to a theater and been, like, had, like, Krampus levels of fun. If only J.J. Abrams got a hold of it instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What a yeah. different world we honestly, live in today. Honestly, I would fucking love if J.J. Abrams got a hold of it. I would love to see the Jesus allegory Santa. It would be a movie about how Santa isn't evil, but everyone keeps calling him evil. 
And then the town would inexplicably have like a biblical reference for a name. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I was that was I was gonna ask if we can watch Cram- Adam Scott and Dave Keckner Krampus next year. Can that be our next <laughs> one? <laughs> I don't I don't see why not. I feel like our two choices. Were, yeah, I guess this would this could make my point. If Krampus is worse than this, then I will, I will eat crow on this take. Oh. Yeah, but like I think this like could have been, like it it had the ability to be better. It just like wasn't well made, and it's just depressing to watch. Not fun. Like the room you got to watch someone like live their fucking dream, making something garbage <laughs> that he truly believed in. <laughs> um. And then he got made fun of for the rest of his life, but at least he has lots of money. I disagree that this is depressing and you saw the potential. I don't think it's like, I don't see like the, like, I'm not saying this was like going to win a Oscar. Oh, sure. Of of course not. (laughs) But like. I get it though, because like Without Remorse came out this last year with Michael B. Jordan and I've read the book. And I remember watching that getting depressed because I kept thinking to myself, oh, man, this would have been so good if they had done this or blah, 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 blah. Mm. Right. And it was factual. There were moments where I picked out and I knew because of the book. Whereas this like, yeah, you can make stuff up on your own. But ultimately, I don't care. I mean, I and nor should we care about it as our pretend job to. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretend job. <laughs> By the way, Chris, I submitted my team sh- timesheet. When am I getting paid? <laughs> when am I getting paid? That's the real question. <laughs> Chris gets Which Chris is eats. why we'd like to turn to our first fake sponsor. <laughs> Chris Chris eats first on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the card, like Bill Goldberg in the nineties. Yeah, like it's like a lump of it's a lump of coal. And I'm it's not depressing in that like it could have been a great movie. It's depressing because you can tell by the end of it the actors are fucking over it. <laughs> Yeah. That, that's what's depressing is just like well, seeing the the two just be like I don't like fucking you, like you can just like clearly tell everything's like one take just like fucking get it done get it done got it get it done got it get it done we had all right we had 30 good. days to shoot and it's day 29 and it's almost midnight and so yeah. <laughs> like we are fucking banging this shit the fuck out yeah like yeah it's 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 a lump of coal. I mean, I I do understand how it has its like cultiness, but to succeed in what it was trying to be, it just needed more stuff in it. And now I, at this point, will graciously take off my host hat to bear my scalp, my co-host scalp, and give the hat back to Chris to lead us into season three, baby. Seven seasons in a movie. Season three. Coming up, coming in hot, coming up very shortly. Thank you, John, for leading us through another spoopy episode. We are kicking off season three in only one week. That's right, November 1st. It's a Monday. Come back, full season three lineup reveal. We have 15 brand new christmas episodes we are going to be watching and reviewing we're running it more or less the same format as last year where we're each going to be hosting an episode each week we got new theme weeks we got some returning theme weeks we got a lot of fun stuff coming up but don't ask us about specifics right now in this moment so uh yeah season three coming up that's the end of bonus episodes thanks for sticking with us uh Judging by our numbers, uh, you enjoyed this more than what we did 
the first time around. Which is hurtful. <laughs> it's hurtful, but we understand. It's hurtful that yes. no one liked Magnificent, the original Magnificent Seven as much as we did. <laughs> I, which is that honestly, pro- which is honestly probably like, in terms of the effort we all put in, the only time we all like tried to respect a movie. A much, a much <laughs> like if you, if you're sick of Christmas stuff, go back and listen to that episode because I, I like that. I'd like put that and our Band of Brothers episodes, like in terms of just good thoughtful conversation we had i don't want to go too off the rails here but i learned something today and i don't remember if we talked about it during that episode but did you all know that there's an alternate ending to the town yeah yeah we talked about <laughs> in the episode where did the, we yeah like the ending that would have been good where ben affleck dies yeah yeah where he just goes how's your leg and then gets lit up yeah like that would have been like a very good ending but it would have been great ending we got a weird ending with I mean, fucking it was a film, so it can be your ending. I mean, it should be the ending, but fucking you know how, you know how it goes. They got a medal. Got to give everyone a happy ending that he's going to get together with that, like, fucking teacher again. He's not. Yeah, child labor laws are ruining this movie industry. <laughs> <laughs> Pitiful. Fucking Pitiful. just... Like I yeah, I was trying to figure out if maybe this movie's lack of blood was to avoid NC seventeen and then I'm like, there's really nothing else bad in it. Like someone alludes to weed once in the weirdest part of the movie. Oh yeah. You saw a pair of boobies though. Yeah, He's there asked. is there is and that is what maybe pulls it out of lump coal for you if you're thirteen and don't know how to use the internet. If you're a thirteen year old in two thousand five and this movie's on Spike T V Oh Lordy. But also, you get, to, also <laughs> you get to see some titties and a guy in a face <laughs> and a cooter. Oh, nothing, nothing even remotely erotic about anything that happens from the moment no. he steps into that strip club. No, Bill, Bill Goldberg, like it's 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 an incredibly weird thing where he specifically picks out a strip club and then he's like, "Time, this is where I start killing." And it was just like I feel like there's a need, like a more like a more pet. no. He was prompted into violence, and I hate that I know this specific plot point, but remember, he kissed the stripper under the mistletoe, and oh. then the bouncer was like, I'm not having this shit, Yeah, I'm getting th- out of here. I forgot that. And Bill- then he and starts the- fucking things up. Yeah, and the stripper's, like, distinctly not happy about it. Like, Bill Goldberg's <laughs> yeah, out here. Just- rightfully so. Yeah, Bill Goldberg's out here just dissing out, dishing out essay. Like, it was not a, uh... yeah, like, the moment he had there was not, like, what you'd expect from the movie, which is, like, I was expecting her to, like, come back up from the dip and be like, whoo, I am flush. But she was like, uh, I no, am she appropriately was handled. disgusted. Yeah. She's like, I am being overhandled by a large Nordic man. That poor bouncer was just doing his job. And he was... He was. He was. As a former bouncer, there is nothing scarier. <laughs> than Santa coming in. And- well, obviously, murder Santa is the worst outcome murder satan santa is like a great it's not a great outcome but like when someone's just going wild in the bar and it's like someone you're like there's like a 90 percent chance he kicks my ass <laughs> <laughs> you're like have to try to like figure out that problem what's there's- a more terrifying job then being a bouncer at a cd strip club or being the valet at a cd strip club uh, apparently neither goes well i guess it depends <laughs> how you want to die <laughs> do you want to get eaten by a bison or do you want to get what did the other guy? He just got the shit beat out of him, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he, oh no, he, he was, got he, was he was got, murdered. Didn't he get killed with the wreath? 
Ah, yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. The first, the first yeah. outside bounce. Or, and if that didn't kill him, then they were all burned to death. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not an ideal way to go. I guess maybe the bison, but that's also probably not great. Which, I will, I will say a scene that was kind of funny was Dave Thomas at his Christmas Day sermon reading yeah. all the names of the strippers. I didn't want to say that was a funny bit, but... It was a good delivery. One of the stripper names was funny. In like a very like middle school way. (laughs) It was like something like it was like something that just like worked out to like ball tickler. Yeah, test test tickler. That was test yeah, test tickler. Yeah. That was I was like that made me have a little giggle. And I was like, that was you know what? Yeah, it was I did like him being like and just send our condolences to the to the burning of the eyesore of the town. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dave Thomas. Good work. Good work, Dave Thomas. You deserved better. Dave, than Dave Thomas did do good work and did deserve better, I, I will say. Uh, and hey, wow, look at that. We just talked for another five minutes about this movie that we were already <laughs> done talking about. It's, it's, it, is the, it, it, is, it is the thing that, always, that we always do. Yeah. When we are given something terrible, we can talk for days. That is a real long time about that it. That is true. Yeah. All right. Well, as our third season is about to begin, uh, no better time to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We got a lot of episodes coming up for this holiday season, so... Be sure to stay on top of them because they're going to be coming. Hot, fast, ready, out the kitchen. If you need any holiday viewing recommendations for this season, we got an entire back catalog, but you can also reach out to us, yuletidetv at gmail.com, at yuletidetv, Instagram, Twitter, great places to reach us this holiday season. We'd love to hear from you. Slide into those DMs. Send us pictures of you at Chili's. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. That's that's what we like. Someday, someday the three of us will be at a Chili's again. Only if you're vaccinated. You think Chili's will let us record? Yes, it's a Chili's. At a Chili's. Maybe. It's a Chili's. Maybe. All right, hold on. We have to table this conversation. The guacamole's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that pretty much does it i'm not i don't know how to end these episodes anyway so uh uh thank you for listening until next time when season three begins i've been chris i've been brian i am still john thanks for listening this episode more than any other we're glad santa hasn't killed you and that you're still alive Playbell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.